everybody, you're listening to Sit Down with Stand-Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and my guest this week is the very funny Kayvon, and he has a great new special out called Tanks God, and you can listen to it on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, Amazon. It's hilarious. Uh, it's all about uh, his life being uh, half Iranian and half Scottish, and it's absolutely hilarious. And he has a new movie that he just put out. It's a documentary called No Ruse, and it's a comedic journey into the Persian New Year. And uh, it, if you've ever seen Persian New Year or heard about it and it was confusing, this movie will make 100% sense of what's going on. So definitely check it out. It just came out, so you can order it on his website. Uh, his website is kvoncomedy.com. It's k-vonvoncomedy.com. And uh, he's absolutely hilarious. And I was just thinking about it, actually. And I think Kayvon is the first comedian I ever paid to see live, now that I think about it. Because I went to see Maz Jobrani when I finally turned 18, and I can go to comedy clubs. And I went to see Maz at Cobb's in San Francisco. And Kayvon was featuring for Maz, so he came out before Maz. So technically, I saw Kayvon before I saw Maz. So Kayvon's the first comedian I ever saw live. And he's absolutely hilarious. And we talk about uh, being Iranian and being a comedian, so... Check it out. But yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, Noru's, your new movie. It just came out. Yeah, so I uh, made this new movie. I wrote it, produced it, directed it. And uh, it's about Persian New Year. And uh, if anyone Googles me, you'll see I, I don't look Persian. I'm not that Persian. I never was. My yeah. dad's Iranian, but my mom, blonde hair, blue eyes. So once I turned like 25, my friend's like, what are you doing for Persian New Year this year? I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I had no idea. And it turns out it's like the best holiday ever. Right. Kids get money and gifts and new clothes. Yeah. And like my dad purposely didn't tell me about it. <laughs> I think he saved a lot of money that yeah. way. But uh, he wanted me to fit in in America and all that stuff. So it wasn't on the radar. So we just had Christmas. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. We just had Christmas and regular New Year. Right. So this whole movie is like a one and a half hour journey as I go and learn all the traditions I missed. And it's a comedy. So like I dress like they're dressing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a thing where you have to light fires and jump over them. Oh you know, and so you can imagine what kind of hijinks can ensue with that. Oh, and, I can't wait to watch. Yeah. And then I do stand-up comedy at 17 different parties along the way. So No way. On yeah. Noru's? Like- On Noru's. You know, in the beginning, like my first show, the, I didn't know how to make them laugh. And they're right. like, make me laugh. You are not funny. <laughs> Tell a joke about someone from Turkey. This is top-notch material, my friend. <laughs> but by the end, you know, I, I got like a standing ovation on the 17th wow. show and stuff. So that's, that's so this. Awesome. if you're a comedian, you want to watch a comedy tour like no other, you can check out Noru's. That's amazing. Was it all in one city or is it just like... All different cities around the nation from... San Francisco to Florida, up to Boston, wow. and down to LA. That's awesome. I love the trailer. You're like, mm. like I've never heard of no ruse. Like, why is the grass out on the table and there's a yeah. goldfish on the table? <laughs> yeah, they bring the grass in the house. It's they so put hard to goldfish. explain to people like what the half scene is. Like the well, table is like. That's why I made the movie because people kept explaining it and it kept not making sense. Right. So I want to make like the most elementary, easiest way to learn. And it's been going great. We've been doing 15 sold-out screenings all across the nation. We're going to all the cities I went to and performed. Oh, cool, yeah. It's like, a, you know, it's like you know shooting fish in a barrel. And all those same people come and they see themselves in the movie. That's so amazing. It's perfect. And you got the Iron Sheikh on it, Ahmed Ahmed, Rudy Bakhtiar. Rudy Bakhtiar was the first ever Iranian-American CNN news anchor. Yeah. And she was on there for 10 years. A lot of guys like, she's so hot. <laughs> and Maz Jabrani's in there. And Iron Sheikh. Yeah. I go to the Iron Sheikh. He says, you are not man. You are not hot. 
humble. I put you in camel clutch. Break your neck. <laughs> Break your neck. And he cusses up a storm. But we bleeped it out. This is an all ages rated G. This is awesome. Thank you so much for making this. Now that yeah. like, I'll be able to explain it and show it to all my friends every well, new year. I've had the best luck with people who are like, my husband's not Persian. Thank God for this movie. I can now teach him. <laughs> like, And so it's cool when they come. And you know, Actually, I went to Maine and showed it at the film festival. And this lady's like, it's a good thing you showed us this side of things because last time Middle Eastern people were in Maine, it didn't go so well. <laughs> I was like, what? Last time? Iranian guy in Maine. Yeah, I'm like, the last time Middle Eastern people were in Maine, it didn't go what? happened she's like yeah. she goes terrorists oh no. so i had to google it because that could be anybody right yeah it turns out the 9-11 terrorists hung out in maine their last remaining days before crashing into the world trade center oh. so i was like okay but i highly doubt that was the last time a middle eastern person ever right. stepped foot in maine like, <laughs> hey those... damn lobster let's try it yeah, exactly <laughs> and so. he got some awards too yeah i went we've been in seven film festivals we've won in every Almost every festival, wow, except for like one. This is amazing. The one we didn't win was the Iranian Film Festival. Really? <laughs> yeah. What? They're Did like, you send mov- it into- your movie not uh, not typical Iranian <laughs> movie. No one is crying. Yeah. There's no woman being beaten or crying. <laughs> it's not about like some guy losing his shoe for right. two hours. Right, right, right. He loses fifteen dollar budget. <laughs> it was his grandfather's shoe. Right. <laughs> Great disrespect to his ancestors if he doesn't find it. <laughs> um. When did you start doing stand-up? Like- oh, I started doing stand-up in California right when I moved out here. I moved out here from Nevada. I okay. was like living in Nevada until I was like 20 years You said old. you're from Reno in your special? Yeah, Reno, yeah. Nevada, and then um, Las Vegas. And then I got here to California. I had a regular day job. Life was good. Was, 401k, company car. I was doing medical device sales. So okay, I'd be cool. in the operating room while the doctor was cutting people open. Like, yo, doc, would you care to buy one of these longer needles? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst place to have a salesman. Right. But it was great. And every time the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, give me that. Open the package. It costs two grand. I get like 20% commission. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Boom. So life was just too perfect. I had to ruin it somehow. <laughs> I wanted to start a boy band, but I didn't have three other friends and cool <laughs> outfits. So stand-up comedy was my only choice. That's so cool. So you must have been like pretty young, like. I was like, uh, let's see, 23 when I started wow, awesome. comedy, which is not young because you look at guys like Dave Chappelle started at 16, 17. Uh, yeah, I hear. And that I start so. regretting it. I'm like, why did I have like loving parents <laughs> that forced me into like go to school, education, right. and Boy Scouts and you know homework? If I just had neglectful parents, I could have wandered my way into a comedy club and been a genius by now. Because you would you always wanted to do comedy? Like, was it always oh, on your mind? Like, as a kid, and I always wanted to do. I always wanted to host. After uh, the David Letterman show, oh like, yeah, such a weird goal for like a, a late kid. night talk show. Yeah, yeah, I want to sit there in a suit and be like, "Well, welcome. Today <laughs> is Friday, and in the news, you know, isn't that right, Paul? Isn't Just that like right? cut to somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. yeah. Um, and I come to find out, there aren't too many spots <laughs> open to take over the David right. Letterman show. So, uh, and then I was like, how do I do comedy? How do I get into that? And I actually traced David Letterman's roots, and they said he got to start at the comedy store. He was a weatherman first, got to start at the comedy store, and then they offered him the job in New York. And he hosted with Johnny Carson all the time. So, I was like, I have to start at the comedy store. And I had some offers to start comedy in Reno. And I'm like, no, I have to start at the comedy store. When I got here, I realized it's a figure of speech. Like, getting your start at the comedy store doesn't mean the first time you ever touched a microphone it's going to be at the comedy i took it a little too literally yeah. but uh, <laughs> but yeah so then I, that that that's how it started and then um as a comedian you're looking for little signs 
at least every two years. Give me a sign that I should still be doing this. And um, after after about two years, Mazda Brani goes, hey, you want to go on tour with me? Oh, it's awesome. going to be like 50 cities. We're going to go to the Middle East. We're going to Canada. Wow. And I always love when comedy takes me to a place I've never been. It's just beautiful. It's like, yes, I get to use a passport to tell <laughs> jokes to people. That's and then, amazing. And then like a year passed and I got on the MTV show, Disaster Date. Oh, yeah. I remember I was like, that, yeah. yeah, another sign. Yes, a sign. <laughs> yeah, that show was great because girls would be thinking they're going on a beautiful date. So funny, yeah. So it was so stressful because I'd never really done anything like that. But once I started doing it, I never wanted to stop. Like, and it was all can, like improvised. Improvised. Just... Like they give you beats like, all right, on this date, she hates gym trainers right. I'm like i got this in the bag i used to like be a spin instructor right so she comes and sits on the date and then you just like oh you're very beautiful i notice your body fat isn't you know too bad you know it's not really a compliment but she's like underhand yeah she's like thank you i think and i'm like yeah in fact let me can i bring out these calipers i'm pinching the back of her arms and her hips and i'm like i'm sorry if i do i'm just a professional it's just what i do <laughs> and she just a lot of girls just like oh well if he's a professional they put up with it by the and then it gets worse but if she lets me pinch her arm fat then she's going to let me move her chair and make her sit on a stability ball at the oh dinner table God. because that's better posture. <laughs> right. And if she lets you do that, then she's going to watch me do push-ups and jump rope in the restaurant. <laughs> and then, of course, people are like, how come she didn't just run away? It's too weird. But inch by inch, then you find yourself, at, you know, and that's probably how the Holocaust happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> doing push-ups at a restaurant. It started with Hitler doing push-ups. That's a weird analogy. I don't know how we came to that place. I can get them to watch me do this. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, that was a great, I got to do... Um, but that's really amazing. Like two years and then you, you got to play the comedy store probably pretty quickly. Like My first show ever was at the comedy store. Wow. Because I wanted to have just like yeah. David Letterman get my start. So I got my start at the comedy store in the belly room. Awesome. And show went pretty good. Like I had like 10 people come see me. There's another 30 in the audience. So it was like 40 people. Show went pretty well. Sweet. So I came back like two months later thinking I got this and I brought like 60 friends. Oh. <laughs> they put me dead last after, you know, like Steve Renazizi, who was just about to get the show on the league. Wow. And um, like Bobby Lee, who was just landing oh, Mad man. TV. And Brian Callen, who oh. was just landing movies. Yeah. And t <laughs> so they're... I'm like, oh, they're making me go last because they think I'm the best of these guys. <laughs> I didn't realize it's a bringer now. Right. The bringer has to go last, okay? If you're a comedian, you brought 40 people, you're going to go last because they know <laughs> as soon as you're done performing, all your dumbass friends will chase you outside and right. tell you how funny you were, <laughs> and then the room's empty. So they milked all my crowd. Oh, By the time right. I got up there with my little... So, uh, have you noticed there's coupons in the back of the yellow pages? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? No act out. There's no story. He's not funny. Even your friends are like, all right. Like, My friends were horrible. They're like, you're horrible. Oh, no. You're the worst. Like, we've never seen anyone as bad. That, why Why did you even go up? And they're like, why did you not go up earlier? I'm like, I didn't. They told me. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so then I quit comedy. Really? Yeah, after that. I was like, for how long? That was right in the beginning. I quit for like two years. Oh my gosh. Because I was like, I don't want to do this. My friends were like mocking me at work. Yeah. Stuff like that. And it was bad. And you just kept working and... I kept working under the radar. Would you write still? Like, was it still like... In the back of... No, nah, I kind of didn't want to write jokes. I focused on sales again. Focus on sales. Yeah. I won a bunch of awards. I was in like Cabo San Lucas and London. And oh, cool, yeah. On these trips. And then I was like, I'm always going to regret that one little thing. I was scared little punk. 
That's amazing. So, yeah, so just... I jump back on. So what I did first, because I tend to do things if I'm like financially invested, then yeah. I'm like, well, I spent the money. Now I built like the nicest website. Right. And had the best business cards you've ever seen <laughs> and like headshots. <laughs> so I couldn't even tell a single joke, but I looked so good on yeah. paper. And uh, I'm like, well, now that I've spent $4,000, <laughs> I might as well live up to this facade that I've created. That's and, amazing. Uh, I was like the, I was, um, so anyway, I got called in for lots of auditions and things early on because I was like hot and on the scene, right. had all the shinies and I wasn't even ready yet. I should have just like been under the radar right. for three years and then you learn a lot through the mistakes <laughs> you make. <laughs> Do you think that made you like have to work harder and like, um, pro well, the thing that actually is horrible is like, if, if the industry comes and sees you a lot early on, yeah. then they're like, oh, we know him. So this is like, now it's been six years later. I want to. I want him to come check me out. Like we saw you. Yeah, but no, it was so long man. ago. Yeah. yeah, it should hopefully be like a different comedian at this point. Right. So I think enough time has to pass where they forget. New people move around. Comedy Central, this, and it's crazy in comedy. Like the doorman of a comedy club might be the head of Comedy Central's new development division in oh, four wow. years. Yeah. It so you know treat everybody good exactly, and shake yeah. their hands. Actually, I was really far in with the comedy store. And this guy named Tommy had been there for like 15 years. Oh, I remember like, Tommy like yeah, he's long like, hair. Yeah, you yeah. got to be part of the process, bro, you know. And uh, he's like, you're coming in. We want you to come in quiet and build with your energy <laughs> and make them laugh through you. Not Don't yell at the, your jokes at them. Let it come through your instrument. I'm like, okay. And then uh, he, he told me, he's like, I got some plans for you at the comedy store. I think you're going to be very happy. We'll touch base next week. And the next day, my friend told me he was fired. And yeah. I was like, what? I was like, you're kidding, right? April Fool's. He's like, no, it's December, dumbass. He's gone. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. And now the new manager was a, you know, was a guy I didn't like hang out with as much as I right. should have. He was just kind of hanging there. Now he's the head of everything. Oh. I should have smoked weed with that guy like so many times. <laughs> In hindsight. I should have brought him C's candies like you brought me every. <laughs> so the new guy's cool though. No, it's like yeah, Adam he's a nice Eager, guy, right? Yeah, yeah Adam is in, he's in charge now, and uh, and then all the comics came out of the woodwork because like that's interesting though. Like Tommy, he didn't do stand up either, right? You know what he said? He he used to, or he's like I've he's like I don't go up there because I'm by far the funniest dude. <laughs> oh god, but. <laughs> Uh, my my mission and my job is to, you know, nurture the talent. Um, okay. But anyone who tells me they're the funniest guy but doesn't go up there, and then I can't, you it know. It was always interesting to me, like the the booker, the guys taping all this, like all the business side, have no idea like how to write a joke, how to tell a joke. Right. And, no, they don't. They just need to know how to pack the room. Right. And you go on the road, and a lot of comedy clubs are owned by comedians who, after 10, 10, 15 years, you know, like I said, you're waiting for that sign. Where's this? All right, it's not coming. I'm building my own comedy club. And they give themselves some stage time and then bring in headliners that they knew or had a relationship with over the years. So there's always a, a path. You just got to find what's right for you. So you just finished this, and the DVD's out, and you're doing the movie tour. Are you working on? Are you still working on this, or are you working on some? Oh man, this movie was so hard to make, like an eighty-minute movie, because we filmed one hundred and fifty wow. hours of footage. Oh then I had gosh. to watch it all, and note what happened in it. Like if I had a full production team, right. Someone would be over my shoulder noting, "Oh, Kayvon fell down." You edited this whole thing. So then I sat down with the editor and we edited it all together. The, this is like a two and a half year project. It took me out of stand up, like, you know, like seventy percent out of the stand up game. Oh my god! I was still dipping in thirty percent. 
So I stayed somewhat sharp. That's so hard. And to, it's this yeah. is like a big boulder off my shoulders now. I finished this. I finished my one-hour special, Tanks God. And now I'm trying to write new jokes, and I'm a comedian again, finally. Awesome. Yeah, thank goodness. I'm so... Tanks God. Thanks God. <laughs> Tanks God. I don't have to do that so um all, i love this special too by the way I thank was, you like, man. just listening to it again yeah the one hour special we got on pandora we got it on um um satellite radio and stuff so it's they're sending so little checks for like 12 dollars every awesome. two months like, yes 12 bucks your jokes like about your dad like make me crack up so much just just like my dad like this same exact the well any advice like i could give like a new comedian the one thing is if you have like any culture or something if you work with that group and do those those are all my clean jokes because at their events, you can't have curse words. It's not like a right. comedy club. So whenever I get into a sticky situation and I see kids in the audience, I just, er, my brain flips back over to the Middle Eastern clean jokes. You know, I'm like, hey, kids, my dad, my dad was like your dad, but yeah. he had an accent. Hi, how are you? You're a good boy. You're animal. Don't be animal. And the kids start laughing and the parents are like, that was really clever. You know, yeah. Think, you know, you got to think. That is all hard. the preparation like, that I have an hour of clean material. Right, yeah. Because yeah. like you're working out at the clubs, and then like you'll go do a show, and then right. you see like an eight year old. Like, oh yeah, that's so hard. Like I just did an Indian wedding. Wow. On Saturday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I'm not Indian. Yeah. And I told them, I go, you see what happens, Indians? You negotiate too much. They send you know a white guy that doesn't even <laughs> match the party. <laughs> like they probably wanted Russell Peters, right. and they went through like a couple other Indian comics, and then they ended up with a half Persian. <laughs> like that's that's the downside Close of enough. bartering. We'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and it was fun. I got to go in front of the crowd, and I go, I pulled out my laptop. I go, I don't want you to think I'm reading notes. I just figured with this many Indians, someone can fix this thing for me. <laughs> it's been giving me a lot of a grief. And then I was like, I put that away, you know, and then I just went, um, I went into him like just, you know, so is this an arranged marriage or did you choose to be here? <laughs> the Indian guy was a pilot and oh, he wow. took his girl on a private flight, just the two of them, oh. and then proposed to her. Oh, I well. was like, dude, who was driving the plane? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were, we just had a plane go down because of something <laughs> like this. I go, second of all. She didn't have a choice to say yeah, no, yes. Exactly. Like you basically took her hostage, dude. You took the woman hostage, and the crowd's just laughing. You know, so some of the funniest stuff. It doesn't have. To, it could if you just think of it right then and there. Right. Just, that's what the preparation. If you've been doing the time in the clubs, you can definitely come up with some of that on the fly. That's so cool. Yeah. So like you reach like a level where you just like, you know, like I always like admire comedians who are like so good at because like I feel like you could write a joke. And you know, you're like, oh, that's going to work. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Like when you're just starting out, you're like, oh, this you is hilarious. Then you go to the club, you're like, oh. Yeah, the, <laughs> when you first start, you're writing jokes and finding out from the audience that most of them do not work. Right. And that's why you have to put up with it. Like, I see Chris Rock still dropping in and trying jokes and them not working sometimes. But as you get better, you know when you're onto something. And there's certain jokes that just came to me. I wish they would all do that. Came to me and wrote it all out. And the first time I performed it, it was a laugh. Yeah. But those are not every day. Right. And, um, do but, you write every day? Like, do you just set it? So I wasn't because I was making this movie yeah. and my, um, my schedule was so booked. I used to write on airplanes before they had Wi-Fi. It's like, hello, I'm on a six hour flight. There is nothing to do. Yeah. But, but now they put Wi-Fi on. So I'm like, I'll just do like an hour of Wi-Fi <laughs> and then I'll write. And then you start checking your Twitter and then right. your Facebook, then your YouTube views. Someone emails you to check your Twitter again. Then someone texts you to check your Facebook. And then six hours later, you haven't done a damn thing. <laughs> Welcome so, to JFK. You're like, no. No. My show is in 30 minutes. <laughs> that's why you have to get, that's why comics get good on the fly. I feel like, because you have to. 
Um, when you get real busy, like some of these guys doing sitcoms and like right, yeah. VH1 pop-up videos, yeah. by the time they get to the gig, they just got to be like, dude, what's up with your shirt? And then just build <laughs> something from there. Right. And um, Tell me what that's like to like, just because you just did your whole special. So like, mm-hmm. you, must, you must be working on like all new stuff right I now. I am. I am. See, this special How is How difficult called- is that to... Well, it, it it's yeah because this stuff I've taped is some of my best material. So you have to, and there's a lot of temptation to go into it, especially if a show starts going bad. Okay, let's go into it. But before this special, I had zero jokes. So when it was going bad, I just had to roll with what I had. Right. So, uh, but I still, you know, once people kind of paying to come see you, if it if a couple jokes in a row don't work, like back to the stuff I know works, <laughs> get them on board, then you know jump back. But uh, yeah, now I'm trying to do all a new hour. And what that is, is, you know, this whole special right here that you're looking at, Tank God, is about being half Middle Eastern and knowing nothing about it and learning that the, all the jokes that come with that. This new one, I don't want to even say the word Middle Eastern once. I don't really want to say Persian once because I don't want people to say, oh, he has to go back to that every joke. Right. So I'm talking about dating, texting, how come guys have to pay for dinner? Yeah. I mean, shouldn't we make the fatter person pay for dinner? They're, <laughs> they're hungrier. <laughs> like stuff like that. And the problem with that stuff is like, my brain works kind of like offensively. Like the original thought I have is an offensive <laughs> thought to most people. In my mind, it's not. Yeah. So then I spend the next like two months trying to figure out how to say it gentler. That's awesome. So you're like, your first thought is the line like yeah. that you should cross. Right. The first line is, yeah, the first thought is crossing the line. Right. Yeah. Then the next thoughts are, or then then I add words to make the line meet me. And then I'm walking on the line. Yeah. So, and once I'm walking on the line, that's as far as I go with it. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so like. It's funny. Some people are like you're so clean and so this material is so great, and other people are like I love how d- dirty and how rude and mean it was. People have their different opinions yeah. of the same material. I just did a NACA college showcase. The college kids have to book, and I just do jokes like this. I go, um, like uh, we have we have so much food in America, we don't even eat American food anymore. Like when it's time to eat, you're like, let's have something different: yeah. Chinese, Japanese, Indian, Vietnamese, Korean, Mongolian, Thai, Persian, Peruvian, Italian, French, Greek, even <laughs> Ethiopian food. We have it here; they don't even have it there. <laughs> and the, the kids are like, "Dude, I love your like dirty jokes and how mean and cruel they were." And I'm like, "That's really not a cruel joke. Right. It's like an observation." <laughs> uh, but he felt that was like a really dirty joke because I go, uh, so "When this was all clean." That's all clean. Yeah. Wow. The worst word I say is, this is bullshit. Right. And technically, it's my uncle saying it, so I didn't say it. It was <laughs> a, a character. Yeah. yeah, it's a quote. I quoted someone else. Yeah. You know, it is. Now that I was like, because I just listened to it, and I didn't realize it was all clean. Wow. It's all clean. And then the uh, the next special is like PG-13. So I'm thinking my one after that will be R, and then it's going to be XXX. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have I'll be naked on a stage. Like, people are like, what's he doing? He's just trying to progress through all the different letters. <laughs> That's so cool. And so now you're going like the comedy store, and like how many times do you have to go like a night or a week to sort of build material? I'm lucky in a way because I'm not a new guy. I'm not a comedy store regular yet, but I was friends and family for the last five years. Like, what is it going to take to become a regular? I've watched guys who just came in off a bus from Ohio and now they're regulars. Yeah, what is the, like, order? It's no rhyme or reason. You get in with the right people, got some good friends, and you land a little TV spot. Is that your name on the wall? And they write your name on the wall. okay. There's only 500 names on the wall. The club's been open 40 years. (laughs) So every year, maybe... 10 names on the wall right and some of those names that are on there are jerry seinfeld and dave Chappelle, right. and you know all those guys so 
you, you start seeing names on there, like, you know, Luke Davidson. What the hell is this? <laughs> Kayvon has been coming here for 10 years, yeah. man. My first show ever. But you can't get mad about that stuff. You just keep popping in. And some people think I'm a regular. I've been there so damn much. So like, hey, man, can you come in the belly room and do a spot? I'm like, I'll be right there. I run up because <laughs> they're allowed to grab like a regular when it's time. And I'm not going to correct them. Like, no, no, no. Technically, I don't really belong here. <laughs> I'm only family and friends. I'm family and friends. <laughs> Go get that guy. I'm like, nah, man. And so it's all good. I do that. Um, what's great about the comedy clubs in L.A. Um, or do a lot of your listeners, do they live in L.A.? Yeah. Okay, so they know you can walk from Comedy Store, then you just walk to uh, Laugh Factory. That's usually where my night ends because I'm too tired to walk to the improv after that. Oh, yeah. But if you're really exercising, oh, well, first of all, you should be driving. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really want to get your exercise, then you would go to the uh, Irvine, uh, the Hollywood Improv, and that's a good triathlon every night. Yeah, that's yeah. like big, strong legs, <laughs> and hopefully you get on stage at one of the three, if not more. Many times, just showing up is how you get a spot. Show up at the, at the Laugh Factory. What are you doing here? You're not booked. Oh, I'm just watching. Well, just so you know, a comedian just called in sick. Would you like to go up for six to 40 minutes, depending when he gets here? <laughs> You're like, hell yeah, let's go, you nice, know? Nice, awesome. And I've, had to, I've got to do that a couple times. We're like, we'll light you when the comic gets here. That's kind of weird because you don't know if you should kind of go through your best jokes early on. Right, yeah. Or kind of ease into it. Do you have six minutes or 26 minutes? Yeah. A, but you, you try to work with that. That's so interesting. I had no idea like how like all this works. Like, yeah, I go to like a show and then I'd see like later like they're like at five different places. I was like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's amazing because people would be like, you know, when can I ever see you at the Laugh Factory again? And part of me is like, I don't know, because I just show up and sometimes they throw me up. But uh, like some people, they write on the website, like uh, on people's Facebook, when are you gonna be at the Blank Club? And I'm like, the guy is down the street every single night. So just walk, you know, fans don't know that all the time. Yeah, just any night. Any <laughs> night. We're all at every club every right. night. When I go out of town, I always find the comedy club in that local town and drop in, give them my business card. Hey, if you have five minutes, cool. I would love to showcase for you. That's a great way to kind of get your face in front of them. Because if you just email them and send them your links, they're not going to They're not going like to always pay attention to it. But if you show up, get there 30 minutes before the show starts. So they have, don't get there right when the show starts because yeah. they're like, no, dude, you're We're done. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. And then... um and many times I've booked like a whole week off of a three minute or four minute set. That's and awesome. Yeah, because you figure if you train in LA, you're probably one of the better, not always, but you're probably one of the better comics in Oklahoma that week. Yeah. Because this is like the dojo. This is where people are right. like fighting hard. Um, and there's nights like back when Dane Cook was so hot, like pff, HBO, Comedy Central, $25 million a year. Girls would just come and go woo through his whole set, whether it was right, what it, no yeah. matter what, and they'd be like, "All right, Kayvon, you go up now." Oh. I'm like, "Oh, I have nothing. I have no TV credits. Even my clothes don't look as good as this. <laughs> like nothing is gonna work." And the first time I had to do that, it didn't work too well. Then the next time it went okay. Then the third time I was like, "Forget this. I'm just gonna have fun and just." try to kill yeah and it went pretty well so, wow some people are like we liked you you're our favorite tonight i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> me I'm, you're dumb you have bad taste <laughs> but uh so then when you go to like oh you know let's just say you go to like iowa right you're like i've had to go before and after some cr crazy killer comics i can mingle in with this group i'm sure and that's a good confidence booster that's so cool yeah i wanted to ask you like because you started in la so like yeah what was that like because I started in L.A., but I lived in Redondo Beach. Right. So I was kind of, I always say like a shark, because circling Hollywood. I would yeah. come in, take a bite and leave. And go back to the beach. Yeah. I would go back to the beach and do shows in H Huntington Beach. 
Seal Beach, Irvine. There's great comedy communities out there. You can really work on your act and the powers that be are not watching you under a microscope. So when you bring your jokes to Hollywood, they're already somewhat seasoned. Trying new material in Hollywood is like... Yeah. I mean, you should do it. Why not? But people are watching. It's like, does this guy ever get a laugh? You know, right. if something doesn't work. And so this crowd is like, they come out here like two nights a week, maybe. Like yeah. They've seen everybody. They've seen everybody. So uh, so now that I'm in, finally, officially in Hollywood, now the shark is like in the middle. Yeah. There. I gotta, That's awesome. Now i got to start biting more and harder. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. And it's great to hear because like I'm kind of just starting to out mm-hmm. here. And I always hear like comics are like, start like in like Boston or like yeah. where nobody can see you. Like don't yeah. move to LA or New York. Huge mistake. Get get a feel for your comedy, your material. Uh, get seasoned and come out here. You're still the new guy, but you built up your muscles a little bit right. instead of just some like puny guy on the beach. <laughs> no tan and everything like that. You look pretty tan, so you'll be good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, your new special. You said, I mean, your new uh, material that you're working on. You said you're going to stay away from the Iranian jokes and like right. stuff like that. Yeah, I just want to talk about other things that are like going on, whether it's social issues like, you know, wasting food and water or whether it's um, dating issues. Yeah, I think that's awesome. There's lots of material there and it's more relatable to the mainstream. Right. And that's what I want to go for is just mainstream everyday people can be like, yeah. Yeah, dating stuff and all that. The only problem with it is there's so many comics doing the mainstream material that people are like, I kind of have a joke kind of like that or I do a dating joke about food and I do... So that's you got to put your signature on these jokes. Right. That's what I'm racking my brain with. Which okay, these jokes are good, but how do I make it so no one's like, oh, that sounds like Bobby's joke or whatever. Right, right. And I've had some issues with that because like I used to do this joke where you take how come girls can wear high heels, complain that a guy is shorter than them, then yep. we go back to our place, take off your heels, and now you're up to our waist, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Yeah, like that's a good area, so we don't complain about it. But it's just kind of <laughs> funny that you complain and uh. And, you know, I dropped down onto my knees and looking up and going, oh, you are taller than me after all. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, you can't do that because this comic does that and that comic does that. And, and I looked it up like, like every comic does that. Right. They show how a girl looks when they take off their heels. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, you know, sometimes the most original ideas you think you have. And even if you thought about it in your own bedroom with a note, yeah. head and paper, somebody's someone has also had that original thought. And so you don't want to get like there's a lot of comedy police. Mm hmm. These are comics that don't have much going for themselves. So they just watch everything. But they just watch everyone else and then just start like coming up and I start, yeah, accusing. I would always, exactly. I would always like text a joke to like a buddy or something. He's like, oh, hey, Tommy from like Nebraska does that joke. I'm like, oh, right. I don't know who that is. And that's the thing. Like back in the day, I'm sure like, you know, George Carlin didn't worry about what, you know, right, yeah. Tim Donaldson in Washington, D.C. was doing. They said now like, it's on young men and those guys would share jokes. They would share jokes. Oh, yeah. they most comics when they started would do another comics act. Yeah. And get great laughs and like it was <laughs> so easy. Yeah, so easy. YouTube ruined everything. <laughs> YouTube, everyone can know, hey, that's not yours. But yeah, I think even Larry, who was it? Like Henny Youngman, Larry Keem, Larry King, he wanted to do stand up growing up and stuff. They would they were just performing other comics acts in their living room for their family or at the Elks right. Club. And they're like, you could do a great, you know, Jerry Lewis. That's great. And then that was it. Yeah. And then they got their start and started writing their own jokes after a successful career had already begun. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's not how it is anymore, people. Don't try that at ponchos. At ponchos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to ask, like, what your like interests were. Do you like making movies now so that you've tried it? Yeah. I always say that uh, if I knew how hard it was to make that 
90 minute comedy documentary i never would have done it <laughs> and i can't wait to do it again that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's like so much fun when you're done because now when i go to each city what i do is i put the movie in i get like 100 200 people to a movie screening we've sold out many little theaters it's great hit play and i watch my comedy movie with them and then they laugh and i'm not having to do any work wow that's awesome then at the end i go up and go hey so what'd you think and they're clapping for me you just open for yourself yeah just open (laughs) then i and then i say uh who has some questions and then i do stand-up comedy slash improv off of their questions so if they're like hey is there anything you wish you did different i'm like obviously she wasn't a fan ladies and gentlemen (laughs) no 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 i am i just want to what you wish you did different you know so then i um I do that for 10 minutes and then I stand by my t-shirt booth and people are like, they're like even more, it's hard to explain. They're more connected. Like if you do stand up, they laugh like, oh, you were funny. Right. When they watch a movie of you, when they take pictures, sometimes they put their arm around you and they're kind of shaking because oh. <laughs> in their mind, they had just watched a movie star right. or now they're yeah. standing next. To, I don't know. It's like a, probably some primitive psychological thing there, but cool. I'll you take see it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah. The big screen. So that's so cool. That's why those people that are on the big screen so much, you know, they have an effect on people because yeah. like, I feel like I know him, but he doesn't know me. <laughs> right, it's yeah. almost you've been like a voyeur for a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peeking through the bushes and now he's looking at me. <laughs> um, you go on tour a lot and you mentioned the first time you went on tour. Too like, much. I go on tour much. too much. <laughs> um, how did the like Iranian jokes, did you have to tailor them to like certain like cities where? Uh, no, I was lucky because I went on tour with Mazda Brani, which has mainly Persian, Middle Eastern, and Indian crowd. Oh yeah. And I went on tour with Shang Forbes. Oh, yeah. Shang has mainly black and white crowd. And I went on tour with Darren Carter. Oh yeah, the which party is mainly <laughs> Latino, black and white crowd. So by the time I, all these jokes on Tanks God, even though they're like Persian related, I know they work in every city. Because I would try them on the Shang show. Right. And black people would be laughing. Yeah. Or uh, Latinos would be like, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> Fucking hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then they would like, they would say, you know, tanks God. Like, oh, my mija. You know, my, she, she says that, you know, she whatever. Says, God <laughs> yeah. Like, so this, these jokes have a lot, hopefully relatable to lots of people. But um, it's cool if you go on tour with a couple different people because sometimes like one crowd is very specific to one genre and I like to mix it up that way. I know what's going to work if I'm on my own. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. I love to hear like, I love hearing that that works like with everybody and it's so universal. Yeah. Like, that's why I made the movie in one way because people were saying your jokes are like some critics would say in Hollywood, well, that stuff only works in LA. Right. And so I had to make a movie of me going on tour and showing it working in every major city. That's so cool. That way, if they ever criticize me, I slap the movie in yeah. front of their face and be like, here you go, bro. That's so cool. <laughs> no, every time like, I like travel or go somewhere, like I'll just be like in another state or country. I'm like, I wonder what makes all these people laugh. Like, Is it the same thing? or? Yeah, same thing. Comedy, people laugh, especially if it's, if it's unique to you and you're coming from the heart and you believe it. Like you believe what you're saying. Cause actually some jokes I wrote, I thought were funny when I wrote them. And after like two years, you don't believe in them anymore. Yeah. And then the joke stops working, even though it's a good joke and you put it away and then you bust it out one night. Just, you see someone wearing that shirt and you right. go into that joke about that thing and then boom. And you're like, Oh, you fall back in love with it yeah. again. Oh, Probably so how cool. some marriages work. <laughs> you have to jokes and marriages. You, jokes and marriage. You have to realize why you made that joke. And the great comedians are also great actors because they can tell the joke as if it's the first time every single night, right. four times a night. 
and I watch them on stage and they're like laughing at it and I'm like it can't possibly still be funny to yeah. you. This is three years later. Exactly. Like, oh, oh, dude, oh, oh. what if, what if, dude, what if I had this shirt on? That, like, and you're like, he does this every night. But God bless him, man. He believes it. Yeah. He. That's the thought he had when he first wrote the joke. That's how he should tell it. That's something I need to work on too. Is just, you know, tell it how you thought it the first time you wrote it. Right. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. And you mentioned you improvise a lot, like with the crowd now and stuff. Trying to more and more, just because two reasons. One, I haven't had time to write on the plane. Oh, yeah. I've been doing Wi Fi. And secondly, because you get bored with your own jokes. Now, the way to get your joke to be unique and sound like the first time is if it starts in a new way. So if I'm like, if I'm doing it by myself, hi everybody, so my name is Kayvon. Yeah, that's right. I'm this and that. That's one thing. But if I'm like, hey, what's up, dude, in the front row? What's your name? And he's like, you know, Cave, or you know, or something. I'm like, Cave. Oh, so you had the same problems I had. See, my name's Kayvon. Dude, we could be like a black rap group. What? Now, now you're gonna get into those same jokes. Right. But the uh, ignition switch was a new thing. That guy. Yeah. And now this fires behind your eye. People are watching you, and they come up after, like, dude, when that guy said Cave, you just gotta, you just kept going, and that's part of the magic of comedy. That's so cool. Yeah, and it keeps it fresh for you too. Yeah. And like, more fun and yeah because now you made like the rubik's cube work off of a new puzzle piece right so yeah it's like it's good that's so cool because i've always like been fascinated and i'm i come from like more improv background than stand-up and i was yeah. just wondering how do you incorporate like can right. you do improv in oh. the stand-up club or like no like there are people who do improv in a clever way you know darren carter will say uh I like my women like I like my cars jacked up and used yeah. with a spare tire, you know? <laughs> and then he'll be like, you guys yell it out. I like my women like I like my... And then one guy yelled out, basketball. He's like, getting passed around by black dudes? <laughs> you know, and that's and how you incorporate... <laughs> that's how you incorporate improv and like, that's probably the best way I've seen it yeah. used. Where I the love crowd, him and like Ian Bagg and like those great. guys. Oh, Ian Bagg's a different kind of improv artist. Ian Bagg just comes up and just, man, he's really good. We were on Last Comic Standing together this year. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so anyway, if, if you're listening and you want to check out some of my stand-up, uh, Last Comic Standing on NBC, July 22nd is when it starts. And I think I'm in a couple episodes. Sweet. Maybe more. I can't say how That's far amazing. I went because yeah. it's a challenge. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. So <laughs> yeah. it's coming up in July. Yeah, and Ian's, and Ian's on the show as well. Very That's funny. So cool. Very funny. The guy is... How was that? Was it fun? Was it? Did you have to go to like so places? It's so stressful. You work your whole comedy career to get a good hour. And when you get to the you know best you've been, they go, great. Now compete at a two and a half, three minute set. Oh, yeah. Now you got to take your hour and figure out what is the best three minutes. Right. And many jokes are funny at, if you say them halfway through your act. But if you just come out and start with it, people are like, who is this jerk? Because <laughs> you didn't take them right. to that place. Yeah. The roller coaster hasn't gone there yet. You're just starting at the hill going, Rah! Yeah, it's so hard. So, yeah, you have to. It was, a, it was very hard. How was the experience? It was hard. It was fun. It was exhilarating. And the stress was so high that my next shows were so easy in comparison. Wow. Got to walk out. No one's judging me. Right, Roseanne, yeah. Keenan Ivory Waynes, and uh, uh, Norm MacDonald aren't staring at Norm me with McDonald's a no judge. Yeah. That's great. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. You are. I did one joke. I'm like, <laughs> I, I did a voice. I'm like, you know, I'm not Persian. I'm not like, hi, how are you? What you are doing? You're really a sexy girl. He's like, I uh like judge one judge was like i really loved your character another judge was like i really liked your your stand up and how you pieced it all together very good and he's like uh 
that voice you did. I, I uh, played poker with a guy who sounded like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm waiting for him to be like, so you... And that was it. He's like, was okay. Just... <laughs> well, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks, Norm. That. Thank you, Norm. <laughs> He's so, so funny. He is. That's how funny. I know Adam is from his podcast. It's just. Oh, really? Yeah. Norm had a podcast for like three months. Oh, And yeah. it's hilarious because Norm doesn't even know what a podcast is. Really. He's just <laughs> what like, are we doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Adam was like the sidekick for it. But Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's, I like that. That's so cool. It's like, I mean, you have to write like new two minutes like every week. Like pretty yep, much. Yeah, you do. You do. I mean. It doesn't have to be new. It could be from your act, but you have to design it. And it's hard because you're picking, it's like picking your kids. It's like, well, this kid has more promise. Right. This kid is smarter, (laughs) but does the crowd want smarter or do they want more slam jam in your face jokes? You know? So like some of my jokes are like, you know, slam dunk in your face. Others are more put on your thinking cap and be clever with it. And it's, it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. And are these usually like at a comedy club or like at a theater? They, they built a theater style comedy club on the nbc lot okay is it like it's the most perfect comedy club i've ever performed in that's awesome imagine because here's how here's how they do it wrong on tv a lot they put a huge gap between the stage and the nearest right front row so you're performing but you can't like high five this everyone was right on the stage like sitting there and you could high five them if you so choose but then they go up into the bleachers and then there's bleachers on the right and left and everyone's smiling and then the host and the warm-up guy are like, come on, clap, clap, clap. Make this guy feel good. He's competing. Yeah. Go. And so you come out and you already feel like a you know That's movie amazing, star yeah. or comedy star. Just add water. That's so cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and some people didn't really milk it. I came out and was like, yeah. Like, this is all for me. They were not told to clap. They just saw my face and just couldn't help themselves. <laughs> they were overtaken. That's yeah. awesome. It, it was a great experience. And I wish I... Wish I uh, Wish I could tell you what happens, oh, but God, signed a million now. dollar release. Oh man, I don't have a million dollars. So. <laughs> so excited! Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, can people go and get news oh. pretty soon? Uh, so thank you for listening. If you go on Google, um, just type in Kavon comedian, K V O N comedian. Message me. Get two free tickets to any show you see on there, including the No Ruse movie coming live to you on May nineteenth in San Jose or May twenty first in Hollywood, California. Sweet. I will be at the Hollywood one. Okay. Thank Free tickets so for much. you, my friend. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you very much. <laughs>